Hey guys, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. Um, exciting one with Reedy, uh, actually Coach Casey Club alumni, and he is fully foil-brained, especially downwind foil-brained, which is exactly who I like to talk to. Uh, but yeah, we talked about board design, foils, um, different runs and uh, all sorts. It was a really good chat with um, a guy who's making his own boards and testing lots of stuff. So I think everyone's going to get a lot out of this one. Um, I go over to Western Australia uh, in a week, to, in a week, so on the tenth of November, and so just want to, um, you know, catch up with all the four frothers over there. Going to get a few runs in with Reedy and Marcus and a, and a bunch of crew I've had on this this podcast. But um, if you guys want to catch up and do some some downward fall stuff, go to my website www.kcoz.com, and uh, we can do some. I've, I've organised a few clinics and camps, um, but if you want to do a private, let me know as well. Uh, also, want to thank everyone for listening. Um, I do this just for fun. <laughs> I just love frothing out and downwind foiling. Uh, but if you do want to learn downwind foiling, get into it and froth out with us. Um, I've written a course on the Coach Casey Club. It's like an online learning community and all the downwind foil frothers are on there just talking about what gear to use, how they're progressing, all that sort of stuff. So if you do want to learn to downwind foil, head to caseyoz.com and check out the Coach Casey Club. Um, there's a few different um, basic and premium memberships and basically there's an online course and we have a coaching call um, every Tuesday and we go through everything and anything you want to talk about. Um, a lot of the stuff is generally taken up with downwind foil stuff, flat water paddle ups, bumpy water paddle ups, and then how to be more efficient when we downwind foil. But um, it's just a really cool community. I'm stoked. Um, I'm stoked to be part of it and, and stoked to say that I've created it. But um, yeah. Just want to say thanks everyone for listening and let's get into this this chat with Reedy. All right, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. This is going to be a quick one with Reedy because he's dropped his car, he's ready to downwind. Um, so we respect that. Um, and sometimes the quicker ones are good. So um, Reedy, first of all, thanks for coming on. Um, a few people wouldn't know you, but I think they should because you're a frother and really um, <laughs> pushing the envelope in a few things. I know Marcus has um, told me some great stories about you. Um but I'm actually heading over the WA in a little bit, so we'll have to get a session in. I'm literally over there in like 10 days, so I'm frothing. Yeah, man. Yeah, excited. That. Yeah, pumped. Just keep the wind, keep, keep doing the wind dance. Um, yeah. But uh, let's straight into it. I'm going to get cool. straight into questions. Yeah, let's, no worries. Um, tell us all about your downwind journey. What's what's How did you get into it? Um, and yeah. Just, okay. Um, so... I, like I, I guess uh, similar to most people, background in um, surfing, always pretty amateur at it, but but I suppose been doing it for a long time. Um, I've got uh, two young kids as well, so I, like I found my I basically I, I wanted something else to to do, I, and I'd spent the last thirty something years of my life hating the sea breeze here in Perth. So uh, and like a couple of mates had gotten into prone foiling, so. I did actually kind of go down that pathway. So this was January, 2021 around then. And um, mm. so I bought a, a prone setup first actually, and then realized that summer in Perth, there's no prone foiling to be had really. <laughs> it's pretty marginal. Um, so then uh, about, I don't know, maybe a month later, um, I went in and um, went into the foil shop and, and met Marcus for the first time. And he, uh, I, I said to him, you know, I've got a bit of time up my sleeve. I want to, I, I know I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. 
as far as foiling goes. And um, so he kind of explained the options, you know, I can either do the wing or I can do this cool stuff that he's into, which is, you know, like using a paddle and, and he's like, but he kind of spent the whole time sort of like trying to talk me out of it. But like, and that to me was just like a red rag to a bull. Like I was like, yeah, okay. All right. This is, this is what I want to try. Like what he's describing sounds amazing. I hadn't even seen it at that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I sort of, he just, he look, he, what he did do really well is sort of set the expectation of going, this is going to be a long struggle. There's going to be moments <laughs> he won't enjoy. And I don't know if I was just feeling it that day, but anyway, like to me, that sounded amazing. So, um, so I kind of launched into it from there and then, so prior to this, I didn't know how to foil. Um, so it was a bit of a shock as you can imagine so, so you skipped pretty much skipped prone foiling and said someone tried to talk you out of downwind foiling marcus and said that's that's what i want to do that's, that's- yeah yeah <laughs> if he hadn't have actually said how hard it was and all that sort of stuff i probably wouldn't have been as interested but like the fact that he kind of just kept on saying yeah no it's like really tough and you know i was like oh well, all right now i have to do it so yeah um yeah, so I, I I had been prone foiling maybe twice before I'd sort of started, um, but yeah, certainly didn't know what I was doing. So I bought a board, um, got a Sonova six four by twenty eight maybe, um, one hundred and twenty liters or around there, and um, the first run I did. So this was the middle of summer, so it was windy, and the first run I did it would have been less than a kilometer. And I did the whole thing on my knees. I couldn't even stand up on the board. Yeah. It was um, it was humbling <laughs> to say the least. Um, and, and then from there, things sort of progressed. Of uh, like, uh, um, I found your, you know, obviously I, I joined up the Coach Casey Club and alumni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it. Well, look, it made a huge difference. I mean, I had to learn how to not just foil but sup. Like I yeah. didn't, you know, that was I'd done a little bit of like you know ski paddling and stuff back in the day, but. Man, I was going in circles. I yeah, yeah I, the I old to... the old. How do I paddle straight? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and and you know, like and that board was big enough that I thought the technique was that you kind of just paddle on both sides because that's what I'd seen on the internet. And yeah, so from there, the kind of the struggle just kind of kept on going. And um, I did a a lot of time, even just and I like I remember early on just sitting out in the water and you know for hours on end just trying to work out what was actually going on but the I think the good thing was that because I didn't actually know how to foil at that stage every session I could get these little wins and and knew I could see progression even though it was incredibly small you know I, I could actually feel a tiny bit of lift when you know all of a sudden I sort of managed to luck into sort of paddling onto one or yeah, But yeah, it took me a long time before I was actually foiling. And then once I was actually getting up a bit more often, then I I didn't know what to do then either. So yeah. that was all all part of the learning. Yeah, I think that the, the best thing I think about the Coach Casey Club with the, the, the Tuesday calls, the Talkback Tuesdays, is that even if you're not at a level that, or even if you haven't uploaded video footage or if you're not at a level that someone else is at, you learn from that. And then it's like, okay, when I get there, I know what to do. And so yeah, it sort of makes totally. the pathway and like, the course I think has been good, but I think the um, what people have learned the, the most is the, the coaching calls. Cause they say, okay, they got video footage of someone else. That's the same thing that I'm doing wrong. Okay. And what's he done to fix it? Okay. That's how he fixes it. And, and I think, um, I don't, I think you uploaded a few videos. You weren't, you weren't um, 
a regular uploader. Um, but I think you definitely learned a lot from some other other crew. Yeah, um, absolutely. You've definitely learnt quick from from memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it was. Um, I, I think I just found something that I like really enjoyed, and that I was happy to sacrifice a lot of things to try and, you know, yeah, uh, you know, essentially life became family work and. and and foiling or learning how to try and sort of master some of this. A lot of other things fell by the wayside. <laughs> um, but, you know, look, I, I certainly don't regret anything. But, yeah, it was just like I was able to get help all the way through those stages because once I was getting up, you know, one, I didn't know how to read bumps, which I, I think is where I got a huge amount of help from from obviously your, your coaching. Um, but the other was even just I, I didn't know how to pump. Like I had to... Mm. Yeah. teach myself how to dock start to learn how to pump <laughs> like, yeah yeah um but but like i said as well i i don't think it was a terrible way to learn because i'd never had this attraction to you know all of a sudden it was windy i wasn't wanting to go use a wing because i didn't know what that was like i didn't know what i was missing out on whereas i i see people all the time that are really competent wingers that then sort of make this transition over to um to sup and they really don't want to let those good days go to um, yeah. Paddle. So nah, I, that's, can... I always say to people, like, if you want to learn to downwind or if you want to learn to foil, like some people say, I want to learn to foil, but I want to learn to sup first. Then I'm going to learn to sup foil, then prone foil. I'm like, well, what do you want to do eventually? They're like, oh, prone foil. I'm like, let's go. Let's go today. Prone foil. Like there's yeah. no time like the present. Don't, don't put all these little barriers in between. And there are safe ways to learn any of them. And, and like downwind foiling is actually in some respects, one of the best ways to learn because there's low energy. <laughs> you're not going to get blasted in like a big shore dump. Totally, um, yeah. You're away from other people. Um, and well, in terms of safety, like you're probably not getting up the first two or three runs anyway. So it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, you're not going to hurt yourself, but it's out in the deep water and there's other, other safety aspects, I guess. Sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah so I, I, keep going. Yeah. yeah no, I, look, so... It, it sort of all just kind of kept on going from there, obviously the end of um, summer. And then that was, that was when I met Julian as well. So fortunately he was in the coach Casey mm. club as well. So we, that like, that made a huge difference. So I, I think for both of us, but yeah. like, you need, it, it you was, need a buddy. You definitely need a buddy. Oh, man, it helps. Mm. It really does. Like it kind of, it gets you out on those days, especially because then we were getting into, we were getting into winter, which we were sort of always told you can't foil during winter and, yeah um in perth and like man we were out two or three times a week like yeah i remember there's, marcus there's... was always said to me he's like ah winter we just put the boards away and we just go mountain biking or surfing and i'm like yeah. dude like i'm living in sydney i get it like summer for you guys is like clockwork in yeah. perth but uh like we have i foil we can foil downwind foil or downwind in northerlies, southerlies, easterlies, and westerlies, like every wind direction. And yeah. it's similar in Perth. You can, you can, and there's yeah. certainly better runs that are like, you know, the, the northerly sure. and southerly are the best for yeah. us, but we can still go on west and east and it's shorter and it's harder, but it's, yep. if you're learning, do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And not just that, but it, it, the thing that it took a little while to get my head around is like, like they're the most amazing days for training and learning different lessons and, and, and then making those, you know, real cream days like that much better. Yeah. yeah. So there's, Big there's time. stuff to be had for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so t tell us the runs you did to learn. Like um, obviously and I think uh, like Perth's a great spot to learn because the consistency of the breeze Yeah. Um, and, and the ocean run is, it's as 
no disrespect, but it's it's, it's organized and like they run totally. like yeah. I guess yeah. as as it gets. Like whereas Sydney, we have like today we have a north north wind and a south swell, and that's pretty common that we have yeah, opposing okay. forces. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, opposing, and then there's probably an east swell as well, and that the yeah. wind's just gone west. But it's um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's you guys totally. it's summer yeah. consistent breeze, and then yeah. So tell us the runs you learned on, and what was. Like what was yeah. the aha moment? Like when did yeah, it Yeah, so I like I, I think the first thing is like some summer for us here, like like you say, is super organized. The bumps are fairly close together. And and so we get wind generated swell that's like really unaffected by any sort of ground swell. That's and that's why our summer runs are probably so like easy, really. And and great for learning. Perfect for learning. Yeah. Yeah. So um where it gets trickier is we do get a lot more swell during kind of winter. So Normally it won't be at 90 degrees, but it, it, it will often be the same, the same direction, maybe offset by about 45 degrees. Yeah. So it, um, so we do still do quite a few runs along the main part of our coast, you know, between Frio and Sorrento yep. um, during winter. When the swell gets really big, then you still, it starts getting a little bit more dicey as far as where you can get in, where you can get out like safely without wrecking your gear and, yep. and that sort of Big thing. Big closeouts. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, but we've got something just about for every wind direction. If it's windy enough, especially like we, we, you know, we, we can do it in the Swan river um, yep. on westerlies, easterlies, strong southwesterlies. Yep. I mean, obviously you need fairly decent wind for in, in there. Yeah, because yeah, um, it's not like how how big is this one? Like for those that are listening, like because people always ask me, like, oh, I can't downwind where I live because the it's not windy enough, or the, the there's no the lake's not big enough, or like, yeah. how big is this one? Um, so the longest run you could probably do in there, I'd say, would be uh, about five, maybe six k's. Yeah, and you're getting bumps from like, like the first, like from yeah, where you we, launch. Um. It's got to be pretty windy, I guess. Yeah, it's got to be pretty windy. It's kind of on an easterly. I, I'd say it's probably dual, doable. Well, it sort of depends. Like I, I don't really have any like really big foils anymore. So yeah, it, it's um, it's. I mean, it's probably doable from twenty knots onwards. Yeah. Um, but you know, it gets much better from twenty five upwards. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really, it's it's mostly just frontal systems where you're gonna kind of um, you know, cold fronts coming through where you're gonna sort of get those conditions yeah um but otherwise one one of the best spots that we um sort of i guess frequented so we spent a lot of time just looking at maps and and weather systems yeah and 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 then sort of seeing like yeah like looking at reefs and everything to try and work out what was doable and one of the best things that we do and and i still do it now like especially for testing gear or for for dialing something in if you go there with a really specific goal this spot's great, but it's out near, um, out at Woodman Point. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is uh, like, it really likes a westerly wind. Yep. Um, so that wind sort of comes through essentially, I guess, between sort of like Garden Island and Rotto. Yep. Um, so it, it's doable anything. I mean, it's doable from 12 knots, but it's it's really good from 15 to 25 knots. So the, the thing is with our westerlies, they're often, it's it's often like a cold front wind here. Yeah. So it often brings a lot of weed. There's almost no other real run that you can do in sort of 15 to 20 knots locally anyway. Um, so this particular run is you maybe paddle 100 metres out into the bumps. It's a 2K stretch. And then I just walk it back and I'll yeah. just do 
you know, I don't know. I think I've done eight in a day, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot of beach walking. But I mean, you can do um, lifts with mates and stuff like that. But like, it's but for two k's, it's kind of like harder to organize a shuttle than it is just to walk. Yeah, back. yeah, yeah. Really, what you need is a, a mate with a trailer and a and a whole well, a whole bunch of mates in a trailer. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but the thing about that spot really is that no swell gets in there, and it's um it's just pure wind generated bumps. So yeah. it's it like is the most amazing spot for learning. Like yeah. it really is. And that's, and that's, that's, I think one of the things that a lot of people, um, well, not everyone has access to that, but like people that ask me, I've only got a, like a lake or I'm um, live inland. Can I still downwind? It's like, totally, mate. You just need wind strong enough and yeah, 20 knots plus, depending on how long your fetch is. Yeah. Um, so when I talk about fetch, it's like how long the wind can blow across the water. So for a 5k run and it's land on either side, if the wind is only 15 knots, the first two Ks are probably going to be pretty ordinary, but then the last three are probably going to be okay. If it's yeah. 30 knots, you're probably going to get bumps from the beginning to the end. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But if it's, you know, under 15, it's almost like, is it even worth it doing the run at all um, on the foil, unless you're using a big foil. But um, yeah. yeah, those, they're the best ones to learn on because um, then I have the other end of the spectrum, people learning and they're like, oh, I've only got ocean. There's no bays. There's no lakes. Um, like, okay, well, what are your conditions? Are oh, we always have swell? Um, the wind's only ever like 10 knots. It's like, oh, it's going to be hard. It's actually going to be harder for you to learn. Yeah. But once you do learn, you're going to have some really fun days. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it, we're lucky, I guess, in Perth and Sydney that we have ocean and sort of bay runs. Um, but yeah, it's nice having the mix, yeah, because learning, I always recommend like a bay run where you're just getting wind swell like you were just describing. And then as you get better, um, you can put yourself in more challenging conditions, which sort of open up a few more opportunities like, wedges and backwash and all this other fun stuff that and that's what it is it's opportunities like the yeah. the conditions that you you know you throw your paddle in when you're learning um become what you're really chasing later on it's, it's yeah pretty awesome yeah awesome um so okay awesome so you, you put the time in through winter and that did you learn more in winter than you did in summer did you did you find or uh yeah yeah i i did i i think it was just a lot of time spent out there staring at things and learning hard lessons, I suppose. And, and obviously going with other like-minded people made a huge difference as well. Just the, the ability to learn from other people's lessons or mistakes um, yeah. really does help sort of shortcut things. And um, you mentioned and- something there that I want to make everyone else realize, but like just watching like downwind bumps and conditions. And that's one of the things I say, you've latched on in my, in my course. It's like paddle out to the start of your run and then just, or as you're paddling out, like mind surf the bumps coming at you like where do you want to be sitting and then like when you're out there even look downwind okay where's my chip in and you can see it from looking downwind you can fully see them and it's like okay and when i get that where am i going to go from there and if you visualize it 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 makes it easier and if you understand what the bumps are doing rather because as surfers we think a wave breaks and it continues all the way through but downwind it sort of breaks and then disappears and then pops up again over here and then it breaks again and pops up over here and it's yeah understanding downwind bumps is really important yeah it's um yeah look especially if i was doing a run by myself and i knew i had a a decent chunk of time so long as i knew i wasn't um you know gonna like keep it safe and and not fatigued but i'd quite often just you know drop my car 10 15 k's away and just drift downwind for three hours (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like, you know, it was different. I was on a board that easily floated me. I knew I was safe. I had, you know, a, a means of contacting someone, yeah. um, but I learned a lot just by being out there for that sort of period of time. Yeah. 
Drifting. Yeah. 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 It, it, Try to tell yeah. the helicopters and see rescue. I'm okay. But, I'm yeah. all good. I'm all good. Yeah. Send them back to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about board progression now then. So I know you, so your first board was a six four twenty eight, which, um, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, that's dated now, right? Like in two years or, or yeah. not even like 18 months, it's like, wow. While you're on that. <laughs> yeah, job. totally. Yeah. And look, it was, I mean, like I said, my first run was on my knees, so I needed it. Yeah. Um, it, I, I don't think I was on it for too long, maybe, maybe a couple of months. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it did. So uh, like, I'm, I'm only pretty small, like I'm um, 70 kilos Yeah. or fluctuate a little bit, but about around 70 kilos and pretty short. So um, I, I ended up, um using julian's board actually and so myself julian and marcus are all about the same weight same size they're all midgets um, yeah 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 um <laughs> oil jockeys yeah yeah but it's super handy like as far oh, as testing the, gear and all that sort of stuff and just yeah you know gear just goes on rotation so yeah um i went from that to um one of marcus's old boards which was a 60 by 24 80 liter that's what i was using same board for like yeah. the last two years pretty much until yeah uh, yeah recently yeah so that was a that was a that was a good board that like i had a lot of progression on that board um especially because i was sort of starting to step down foil sizes a little bit as well yeah i want to talk about that too but let's start with boards yeah. okay well yeah we'll go with boards um and then from there man from there i really didn't know kind of what i wanted and, and there was people were starting to play around with narrower boards and um, I, I, I was used to sort of shape my own surfboards for a, a while before that as well. So I was really keen on, um, learning how to maybe make a foil board. Mm. Um, and so I started then playing around and, and making boards as well. And just, I don't know, I had nothing to lose. So, um, so I think the next board I made from there was maybe a six, two by 22. Um, and that was 80 liters as well. I found 80 liters was a really nice, um, like, uh, volume for me. Like it kind of, it was easy enough that it floated me and, but kind of small enough that I could still do what I wanted to do with it. Yeah. Um, so about 10 liters over, over weight, um, in kilos. So, and then from there, I went to a five, eight by 22. Yeah, um, I made a smaller one, so I was really interested to see what smaller boards could kind of do for me. Yeah, um, and that was that was fun. I kind of learned how to paddle that and had yeah. A lot so of let's fun. let's let, I want to ask you that because like so, okay, you've gone yeah. shorter. So what was the and it's like now we know everyone's gone longer, especially in you know Maui and sure. you know some other places. What, what did you find the benefits and disadvantages or advantages disadvantages on the five eight compared to the six two, which it isn't a lot of yeah. difference, but it it is, right? Like, yeah, I think that the tricky thing with that with that was that it was also at a period of time that I was I was changing so much. I was getting better. I was also changing foils. Um, so, but look, it absolutely was more stable, uh, less stable, <laughs> dropping size. Yeah. Um, even though it's the same volume, it was certainly less stable. Um, it it did feel really nice to sort of surf, but not but not hugely different. Like I, I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think it made a huge difference from that regard. It was more just, I don't know. I just, I wanted to like, and it's, I'm still the same now. I, I just want to 
I want to experience things and then like have the most information I can mm. to, I don't know, to kind of just continually progress and, and make sort of those decisions. A lot of it was sort of based around the fact that I knew I wanted, like I'd been paddling a lot of Marx's boards and I knew I wanted a custom Sonova, but I couldn't decide what size I wanted. Yeah. Um, so I just thought, well, I'll just make every size that I think I'd like to try and then order that. Yeah, and then you'll know what you want. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so, um, and unfortunately, I've now come to realise that probably I need three downwind boards. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be a bit indulgent, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway, so after that 5.8, I then made a 5.11 by 19 and three quarters. Yep, yep. Um, and that was... That was nice. Like, and that's still the board I've kind of paddle like consistently now. Yeah. Um, it's a nice balance between stability. It's, it still gets up. Like I find really easily. Yeah. Um, although it did take some, it did take some like flat water sessions and um, it did take some figuring out to kind of get it reliably. Yeah. And then the most recent board I made which really isn't a board for all conditions, although I, I seem to be using it a fair bit lately, is um is five four by twenty and a quarter. And yeah, I saw that in your Insta. Seventy six yeah. liters. Mm. So you've gone yeah. down everything except the width, but being five four, yeah. it's you need to add stability somewhere. Yeah. 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 And it yeah, and there's not much stability in it. But it's <laughs> um I'm slowly learning. It's I think it's so the idea behind it, because a lot of people ask me is that, you know, for like really sort of nuking conditions and it's, it's definitely not, um, mm. I, although I have sort of taken it out in pretty decent conditions already, I actually quite like a little bit of extra length and um, size. It's like, and, it's like weight. Yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 And I think it probably has something to do with the, that ratio between, and we're going to foil sizes and, and gear, but like, I feel like the glide we're getting on good downwind falls at the moment, there aren't many small ones that are gliding. So a bigger board actually allows you to hold the bigger foil down a little. So you're like yeah. maxed out and you can control that maxed out feeling with a longer, heavier board in some respects on those really big conditions versus the lighter conditions. A smaller, lighter board is kind of better, you know? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I like for my bigger board, so the five eleven. I like, or even you know, and I've used six threes, six sixes. I don't think I've used anything bigger than a six six. But like, I like. I'd be happy paddling any of those sizes in big conditions because I feel like it, especially turning or like going fast as well. But I just feel like it smooths everything out, and I can actually just not have quite the same level of pitchiness that I'd have on a really small board. Yeah. And like, and yeah, that's all exactly. just sort of loss of efficiency and, mm. and that sort of thing. So, so the five, four was actually all about, so it certainly wasn't optimized for paddling up quickly. It was all about something that did paddle. Okay. But I wanted it for actually just really light conditions. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, something where just paddle up once and then, you know, do decent um, runs. Um you know, decent distances, but like with minimal, like, or like just try and be really efficient with it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. And that was sort of on the back of doing a few sort of prone down windows and just loving how good a small board felt in those sort of conditions. Yeah. Um, you know, made a foil feel much bigger and yeah. Um, I was pretty into that. So 
uh, that's that was sort of what inspired that build and then just trying to make it as lightweight as possible so i managed to keep it under three and a half kilos it feels amazing to ride yeah it's, impressive it's like a prone board to pump yeah um, but... so you, yeah that's epic so um do you find because it's better to pump and that sort of and this is what i found with prone versus sup downwind i actually kind of prefer the sup like you're saying because that less twitchiness like the, the i guess the for an example, if I prone my 1099, I feel like I can't control it. But if I sup my 1099, I'm like, oh, I can turn this around. Yeah. Um, so the extra weight of the sup or swing weight or whatever it is, um, at, or you know, length or whatever, it's, it's just the, the bigger board allows me to, to turn it with more control. Whereas the smaller board with the bigger foil, it's like I, the foil is overpowering the board like like oh me i can't control it anymore um and i wanted to ask you about your you said three boards for as a quiver but um yeah (laughs) i want to ask you about that too but is that is that what you say is the five four in a really big like like super windy day is that does it feel too small for you um first of all it's definitely challenging to get up like i had a session yesterday and i think most of the time i'd be paddling it up probably under a couple of minutes. Yep. Um, but I had one where I was a bit tired yesterday and uh, after the race and, um, and ended up once it probably took me maybe 10 minutes to get up yesterday. And that's just no good. <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's, that's bloody. Yeah. The race is almost, bloody, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, whereas the other one, it, it would be rare. The other board would be rare to kind of, you know, be longer than 15, 20 seconds type yep. thing. Like yep. it's a big, and especially because we often foil like with quite a few of us too, right? Like often there's like five to eight of us all together. Yeah. So then taking five minutes to get up is not, not, no. not a, like, I mean, like they don't care, but you know, you're in your own head and you're going, oh no, I got to get going. I know exactly the one. And, so yeah. yeah, I went for a downwind with Zane yesterday afternoon and normally, normally I'm waiting for Zane. So I usually let him let him paddle up and then I go and and he paddled up like on the one of the first bumps but then like just as I turned to go my bump he stalled out so I I got up and then I started cutting across and as I started cutting across I stalled out in this little dead zone so we and it's like a, just in between two headlands it gets really glassy and um and then Zane got up the next bump like you know in the next you know thirty seconds and um. I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh, I've got to get up the next bump. So you're not waiting, you're not being patient, you're just going anything. And I went for like one, then I went for another one. And I was tired. <laughs> so I sort of cruised back upwind. And I'm like, I gotta get I've got to catch him. And I went again. And I literally, he was a speck and he was literally two K. So it was like probably six to eight minutes. And he was he was joining half a run. And um I didn't see him the whole run. He actually called me and he goes, Did you break your paddle? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like oh, it's for your welfare that's the biggest yeah. sledge like i've broken the paddle that's why i didn't get up it's like no i just just cooked it just yeah. I, had, I had a gopro on my paddle which you can't get the full power on and anyway yeah that was i i fully understand what you're saying like when you're with a friend and they've got their they're up it's like oh i gotta get the next one and you yeah all the things i coach take your time pick the yeah, right yeah. bump make sure you're you know balanced i fell off my board oh, like three times <laughs> Yeah, it's good to have those kind of humbling moments. Oh, it is. Like, and then they, sure. like, just when you think you're on top of stuff, like you get you get punched. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. back down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the the, um, 
we were talking about. So yeah, the five four, a little bit longer. The the five eleven, that little bit easier. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm assuming you'd want a longer one too, a longer board or no? Yeah, I, yeah, I would. Um, yeah, I think I I was having this chat with some of the guys yesterday. If I had right now, if I had to choose one board, I'd probably have you know for travel for you know everything i i guess the thing is like a lot of my gear really is tailored to local conditions like yeah. which 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 are good conditions so um i think right now if i had to pick one board i don't know i i change all the time but i reckon maybe around that 63 mark is like a really good compromise in size mm. and um you know still serves amazing and is easy to paddle up like is is a good size to paddle up in most conditions yeah I don't know, it still fits in your car. Like, yeah. There's a lot of upsides. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm writing now. I've, I've been writing, I, I had a 6.6 six and yeah. I, I was on a 6.0 for a long time. And then I had a 6.2, then I went 6.6, six, 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 six not too long. Um, and then I've got a 6.3 now, 6.321, just a production elite down with yeah. Aviator. And I'm like, I've had a, I've got a 6.0 I've got to try as well. And I haven't even tried it yet because I, just the, the volume and the length and the width all feel good. I'm like, ah. Six yeah, three feels yeah. really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's... it's a nice balance. It's like a yeah, the six three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a nice and, length. And, and the benefit, I guess, and this is why, like, so coming over to WA soon, and I then talked about the race as well. But I'm chatting to Marcus a bit, and what you just said then, in a race situation, if you aren't up in the first twenty seconds, it's you, done. It's kind of <laughs> like. That's thanks for coming. Like your foil yeah. has to be a lot faster, like a lot faster to catch up mm. 20 seconds in a 10 K race. You know, yeah. And not just the foil has to be faster, but the conditions have to allow Match that foil, foil to do its thing as well. Like it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. No, sure. it's, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Racing's cool. Yeah. So, so you would, your one board would be a six, three. And is that because you'd want to be like, for a race as well as I guess sort of I think so yeah I mean like and I, I I say it you know as if um you know like that was the board that I'd travel with and all like you know using all conditions all around the world I suppose but you yeah. know which is like an absolute dream thing but um yeah I I just think yeah I don't know I like the six but maybe maybe a little extra longer there's not much sacrifice there so and, and, and that's just for me. Like I look at other yeah. guys and think, man, six, six is perfect for that person. Six, nine, perfect for that person. Yeah, you know, like everyone's kind of got their sizes, but I've just been lucky enough that I've made enough boards and tried enough stuff now that I'm, I feel like I'm sort of narrowing in what it is that I like. Yeah. I think disclaimer on all this is that Reedy's paddling up pretty easily. <laughs> like, he's, uh, you know, there's the barracudas that are like eight foot long and we might go into that. Um, so why do you think... An eight-foot board wouldn't suit you as well as someone else, maybe. Yeah, um, I, I, I suppose. Do you know what? Like, uh, I think it's amazing. Firstly, what like what that has done for the sport. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of hype around that board, and I'd absolutely love to try one. Um, and um, but I suppose, like, to me looking at it it's certainly a board that's optimized for for paddling up um i've um and I, like that that's just one aspect of 
of like downwind foiling to me. So yeah. although like paddling up is really important and if you're not getting up, it's like there, nothing else matters. But uh, like I, I want a board, like there's just more more criteria that I'm sort of looking for. I want something that surfs really nice because often here, we like we get really weedy days. And if you are just concentrating on trying to go really fast on really weedy days, it's a recipe for just getting incredibly- Frustrated, yeah. Yeah, so- so there'll be days that we'll just be absolutely looking, you know, there'll be five of us in a row and it's like, you know, yelling out to your dad saying, watch me, watch me, like, you know, to see who can do the best turns. Like, so I, and I, I just, I've never been on. So I think the biggest board I've been on is maybe sort of a six ten, but I, I've found just for me, like anything over about six, six, I, I, I start to not be able to turn it in the way I would like to turn it. So um, and then the, the other side to that, as far as a, like, I've always just seen like paddling up onto foil as something that you can absolutely train for and get better at. Like mm-hmm. no one likes flat water paddling, but like, it is an amazing tool to actually, um, to perfect your skills and find your weaknesses and, and like work on little bits and pieces. And if I've only got a really small limited window, you know, between looking after the kids or whatever, that's something that I will go and prioritize to do because I want to make my downwind runs that much better, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. when you're not sort of as focused on paddling up, like then you start looking towards other things. So yeah, that's a long winded way of me saying I, yeah, I yeah. don't really want to board that long, yeah, but I yeah. also haven't tried it. I'd be super open to trying it and I'll eat my words if it turns and surfs amazing. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing that I think is worth mentioning is Perth bumps are pretty tight. Like they're close together, whereas yeah, Maui yeah. bumps are like really stretched out. So yeah, yeah, that's to me. And and here in Sydney, we have everything in between. Um, and and the backwash, messy conditions makes it sort of harder. So that that's where I've sort of settled on the six three. And it sounds like the reason you like a shorter one, shorter than six three, you know, for in your quiver, is that um, the bumps being tighter, you need a board that fits in the bump better, I guess. And so like a an eight foot board. And I found that I, I had a six, six I was trying out and that's not long compared to, a, you know, Barracuda, but in really tight bumps, when I was going to pump off the, like off the surface, I actually nosedive because the extra speed you get as you come up onto the foil, I was actually nosediving into the bump in front on a six, six. Yeah, um, wow. And these are really, this is a river mouth. Like there's a Kingscliff and the Creek was running out and the wind was blowing in. So it was just, a little micro climate of bumps, I guess. Yeah. Um, and once I was out in the proper bumps, it was fine. But I, I do poke the nose a little more in a six six than I would in a six three, which makes sense. So then I make the conclusion that if I went to eight foot or over seven foot, then I'm going to poke even more. Yeah. And and the ability to turn on a six three is closer to my six footer, but I still yeah. have the advantage of paddling up with that extra speed and extra, and I can go narrower. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm sort of with you, but. I haven't tried over in Maui and I haven't tried an eight foot board. I haven't tried anything. My first downwind board was a seven, two and that felt fine, yeah. but yeah. Um, it has been a while since I've used that again. Um, yeah. So let's keep going. Um, let's talk about paddle ups in bumps versus flat water. Is that something that, sure. that, 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 you know, you've, you've worked your flat water starts. How, how do you, and this is one thing I've like when I'm coaching, I tell people to work flat water starts because it's a reliable it'll if you can get it it's a reliable tool you can get up in any conditions yeah but i don't feel like you have to learn to flat water start to downwind like at all no absolutely at all. yeah it's, and it's look, a, 
the other thing I'd say about flat water starts as well is that you don't actually have to, you don't have to get up to learn stuff. Mm, like, yes, exactly. Um, like you, you, you know, you can, you can feel these little tiny changes in, in, in progression and technique that might still mean that you're like ages away from actually getting up on a foil, but you'll learn stuff from it. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really good way to throw up, um, <laughs> but it's, uh, but like, I don't know. We made a bit of a rule a while back that like before you could sell a foil, you had to flat water start it, which is, um, or before you like go to, go down sizes. But anyway, yeah, that's a good so I don't think I'll be going down sizes for a while, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's really important, but like, well, maybe more important. Well, definitely more important really definitely. is learning yeah. how to um, paddle in, um, in, in bumpy water. Cause it's mm. all then about timing and technique still, but um, and the two just certainly mesh together well. Like there's yeah. stuff that you'll apply from one that that absolutely crosses over to the other. But yeah, you need to spend time in different types of bumps to actually, um, yeah, like get a bit of a feeling and and progress with that. Yeah. So talk us about the timing. Like what what are you looking for? Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Um. So. Uh, Man, I've I've taken so many tips from different people like over over this time, but I guess for me, um, I don't like, and I know you always say sort of don't look back, and that's that's obviously a really key one. I probably probably so I'm like regular footed, I'm paddling on the right side. I do look sort of down and back, I suppose a little bit. Mm. And I, I've I've been thinking about it too, and I I look if I see a set, it's a good indication, but when I'm paddling for the bump, I guess I look forwards. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But if I'm waiting for a bump, I definitely look sort of 90 to a hundred degrees back behind me. Yeah. And Different. I think the, yeah. I, like you certainly don't want to look too far because like, as, as, as you've mentioned already, like if, if you're seeing something like 50 meters away, it's not going to be a bump by the time it gets to you or maybe yeah. it will be, but it will look completely different yeah. and might not be of any use to you. So you don't want to go sort of chasing that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, essentially what I'm looking for is like, I will look at the conditions as I'm sort of paddling out, try and recognize some patterns and, and sort of see what's going on because ultimately like what you will find is, is like you will have, you know, a set of maybe, four or five bumps or something like that. I, mm. I don't know what all the, I guess the terms are called, but like, it's almost like set yeah. waves, I guess, of bumps. Yeah. Um, so you'll kind of start to recognize and see those patterns. You'll also maybe start to pick up on backwash or, or other sort of refraction or other energy kind of coming, you know, doing different things. So sometimes for us, it might be swell, which will be coming more sort of, I suppose, side on. Um, so I'm watching that stuff as I'm going out, then I'm turning downwind and, um, stand up on my board and then um and then essentially all i'm doing is starting to sort of feel uh what the board's doing underfoot um you know seeing how how steep some of these bumps are and as i'm sort of coming off the back of them how sort of steep they feel and then essentially i'm it's a combination of feel and um and like recognizing you know a nice deep sort of trough to um to I, I, I guess essentially to see. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's the same for me, but like, so you're looking at the trough, not the peak, you know what I mean? A lot of people yeah. are like, like, so when you look for a wave, a wave, like when you're surfing, you're looking at a peak that's going to break and you're going to catch it for yeah. downwind. That's, I had never like, but for downwind, we're looking at like behind the peak and how deep and steep that yeah. trough is to, to paddle like down into that's Yeah. 
and I, I do find that like this is what I'm looking for has changed as I've as I've gone changed foils right so mm. like I know now that like so probably 99% of my time I'm downwinding on the lift 120 so yeah. um so I know for that often the challenges that I have are not necessarily getting the board speed but what I'm looking for is ideally something that where I'm not I'm going to get the board speed and I'm going to try and get the, the enough speed to sort of engage the foil and lift off. But I, I need a bit of space or I need an avenue. I need to not be running into a bump in front. I need space left or right, essentially, to kind of continue to build that speed. Because of the extra speed of the foil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that's essentially sort of what I'm looking at. So um, often that means that I'm paddling up on, you know, sometimes it is swell. Um, like, so I, I need to pick it based on the conditions plus the foil. Yep. You know, and that's a different bump as to what I would have been using when I very first started on the Axis ten sixty. Yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, that's a good point. Like on a, on a slower foil, you can like you can kind of you can almost have less space. Like you'd be paddling up here, and you're not going to run into the one in front. Whereas on a faster foil, if you if you, if it's too tight a bump, you're actually going to get up and be straight into an uphill before you know it. Yeah, uh, which. A really technical way to test yourself is to paddle a really small foil in a, in like a bay run. Like, yes, because it, it means that you actually have to get the skill of paddling up, bouncing your board, but following a bump, you know, turning left and right with the bump as you're building that speed and not ever sort of, you know, running into the one in front. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, not that I, much fun, but it's, no, it's not much fun. Um, but I tried doing something similar. I was trying to flat water start or, it was a, it was light bumps on a seven nine nine, and um, I was what I found was I could get the speed, but every time I maxed out on speed, I was getting on an uphill. So um, basically the bumps were moving too fast. So I was actually paddling and I was having to leapfrog one to two bumps, and I'd get on if I could get down that third one, I felt like I was going to get up, but I kept getting stuck on the second up and over. So it's a, they were really flat. They weren't steep bumps, but they were just yeah, like wow. sort of left leftover things. So the wind was northeast and it went west, like offshore on us. Um, so slight headwind, but the bumps were almost good enough. And um, I made my JB was there. And he's like, "Oh, you were going like I clocked a speed of like I think I was going nineteen and a half k's an hour, but I oh, still wow. still wasn't on foil. Yeah, um, okay. Because I was on an uphill, basically at my max speed. I had to get up and yeah. over that thing. So um, tracking across, but also tracking across to ups and overs and you know small foils small foil problems and versus yeah, on a big yeah. foil i would have got up in that first one and just been gliding sure. when i was pumping yeah. and probably wouldn't have even got to 19 k's an hour but i would have been up and foiling and having way more fun yeah so yeah speed isn't always the be all and end all totally yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah um yeah okay that was good that's good explanation actually that smaller foils versus bigger foils um let's go foiling in a group and safety equipment so um yeah I sort of group those two together because um, I always say, you know, phone at a minimum, you know, leg rope, absolutely. Life jacket is a good way to set the example for those coming behind, like, you know, that are following along and looking to do it because it is safer. I wear an yeah. orange one, people can see you. Um, and I put my phone in the life jacket too, makes it really easy. Yeah, I just um, had that. Um, I had that put to me recently and um, like it was – because I haven't been foiling. I, I've been foiling with a PFT like on, on some runs. Um, and then I think especially now as well, we, like, we've been lucky enough to sort of join into a bit of a race series as like for, for over a summer and uh, like, which is amazing. Like to have something 
something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, to have something like that, um, like available to us. And I think like, I, I suppose it was, it was sort of put to me that um, like, there's a lot of people that are like really keen to kind of get into sport. It's growing. Like if you sort of, I, I suppose set a good example, mm. you know, essentially is sort of what it kind of comes down to. Like it might, like it absolutely might help me one day and I like, um, you know, that that's amazing, but like it might help other people too. And I, I think that's probably a good example to set. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you there. Like, and, and um, like I don't love falling in a life jacket, but if, if I get knocked out out there, even in a group of people, if I get knocked out, like something, I fall off and I hit my head. Sure. Um, I, I remember my dad said to me once, he's like, well, what happens if you fall off? When this is when I was riding my stand up, um, unlimited. And he's like, what happens if you fall off? I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. Like if I fall off and I knock my head and I'm unconscious, I'm going to die regardless. And he's like, but he said, but at least if you have a life jacket, you've got the chance it's going to hold your head above the water. And also, even if you do kill yourself out there, at least your body's going to be found. And that's something. Yeah. And I was like, huh. I think it's a fairly like, grim conversation, but yeah. <laughs> yes, fully. He was, but he was just like, we're just always talking about safety stuff. And sure. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, if you paddle by yourself, wear a life jacket. And I've sort of, with foiling, I feel like even in a group, I'm asking you the question, but I'm answering. Even in a group, yeah. you're on you're on your own. You know what I mean? Like totally. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. Not only you, are we. Like you can be still a long time from getting any help from your mates. Yeah. Yeah. That's Especially if you're behind and chasing them, and you fall off and hit your head, and they're ahead. Yeah. They won't yeah. notice you're gone. Like it takes. How long would it take to drown? Do you reckon? It takes well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, could you, be twenty you seconds. Among, yeah. yeah. You come unconscious and take a mouthful of water, and like it's it's the chances are it's not going to end well. Nah, and that, that's yeah. I guess that that's what I've seen more and more with foiling. And um, if you fall off and hit your head, obviously a helmet's going to help. But sure, a helmet's I think it's a pretty I think it's a a bit extreme for for downwind once you've learnt the basics at least. But I think a life jacket is a good compromise to me anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so yeah. Look, I mean we um. Yeah, so we all uh, like wear leg ropes. We all um, either have Apple watches or or, or phones with us. Yeah, um, I think that's and really look, good, that, and that's a huge benefit just um, from logistics alone. Yeah, I know early days I was. Um, we don't. I, I know I've heard you talk a bit about um, a marine app that you use for. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's only in New South Wales. It's called the Marine Rescue App. And yeah, it, yeah. You can kind of log in. And they know you're out there. So if someone spots yeah. you, they're like, oh, no, that's that's James. He's doing this weird thing. Yeah. And then they don't see the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so like, I uh, – early days, I was um, emailing because I, I kept on repeated um, having it happen fairly frequently where I'd get um, rescue helicopter come out. And, um, and unfortunately, I work on that rescue helicopter. So it's <laughs> – um, it, it became pretty embarrassing after a while, but yeah. So, uh, like, uh, trying to trying to work out the best way to sort of approach it here. Like, we were sending, like, I was sending emails to like water police and all that sort of stuff before completing runs. You know, just in hope that they would call me before sending any sort of assets or yeah. Um, but we just don't have a, a system set up here, so it just kind of keeps on happening. It's a bit frustrating, but hopefully we can get something in place. It's almost like you got to train the public. You know, yeah, yeah. But, well, it, it became a like I ended up just doing runs so far out that people couldn't see you. Like, yeah, because that's I went through a phase of just wearing yeah. black and no life jacket because I'm like, people kept calling the bloody cops on like the helicopter yeah. on me, and that's no good for anyone. Yeah. 
until anyway, I need it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's all good. And like the emergency services, I suppose, like, you know, they're like always going to be good about it. Um, they, they understand. But yeah, we, we probably need to come up with a better solution at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And like I said before, we're, we're sort of always in a group. Not always, but we predominantly ride. There'd always be between almost five and eight of us, maybe on every run, just Good about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we've, there's probably another 10 or 20 that by the end of summer, I think we're going to be um, cracking it as well. So we're sort of, yeah, it, it's, a, it's amazing, like foiling with that many people that all, um, like, you know, they're, they're getting, everyone's getting up, you know, the drop of a hat and, and sort yeah. of surfing bumps and stuff together. But it is funny. Like it does actually, all of a sudden you all end up on exactly the same bump and it's like only the two people on the outside can turn. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's an absolute blast. Like, you know, you can all sort of disperse and be hundreds of meters away and then come back on exactly the same bump. Yeah. It's pretty incredible as well. Like just how close it all is. And like, I'm sure we'll get to it, but the race that we had on the weekend was yeah. kind of evidence of that too. So yeah. Um, um, but apart from other safety gear, I think that's that that's mainly it. Mm. Um, I guess one thing, a point I want to make is just because you're in a group doesn't mean you're safe. I think I'm more totally. connected with a phone than I am just going out with Zane. Like yesterday, yeah. for example, he thought I broke my paddle. He called me when he got in. Did you break your paddle? No, I'm good. So I actually answered the phone while up on the floor and said, no, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. I'm on my way. And, and that if, if he hadn't had that phone call, he wouldn't have known until I got back to my car yeah. that I was sweet. You know, so that's a phone. And I've had a similar situation with Perth, um, Perth Sandlick. We were off, we did a run from Manly to Palmy and we were both off the same headland, but the swell was big enough. We couldn't, we were both sitting down, couldn't couldn't see each other. Like we were maybe 200 metres apart, but we couldn't see each other with a phone. We were, okay, we can keep going because we know each other's safe. So yeah. I think a phone is probably one of the best things to have on you. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely recommend some sort of communication device. And yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. All of us out here, out there, like, you know, with our, our watches and like, <laughs> and now like you see some spectacular crashes when people are trying to listen in on their watch. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Who's going to call someone if, you, if they're ahead, just be like, slow them down. Yeah. I'll call them. Yeah. Um, let's go into the race. Let's go to the race that um, sure. I, I just spoke to Marcus uh, earlier today about it, um, but I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it was, it was interesting. It was, so it was, I did King of the Cut last year, but I, I didn't really, yeah, I was, I was not foiling well. So it was, <laughs> it was a bit of a slog, but anyway, so this was sort of my first race since then. Um, conditions were, conditions were pretty interesting. It was uh, essentially a fairly strong cross offshore breeze, which yeah. is like not super typical for us. No. Um, and so the bumps were, like they're actually a lot better than they looked from shore. Um, but it was interesting. I think most of the bumps were there just from the previous night. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of swell mixed in there and then a, a cross offshore breeze. I think it would have been, I don't know, varied anywhere from about 10 to about 20 knots. Yeah, okay. Um, it's not like so, <laughs> yeah. So I think there was five of us on the start line. Yeah. Um, and five foilers obviously and there were five five foilers yeah, yeah. And, a, and a whole bunch of surf skis and oc ones and um, yeah yeah a whole bunch of others so it was it's amazing that they're letting us sort of tack onto this race yeah. um and then um so we we did our own sort of start so started in bumpy water i think marcus would have 
I think Marcus got up first, maybe 10 seconds, maybe not even. Um, mm. I think then I got up the same time as Dan, maybe another 10 seconds after Marcus or 10, 15 seconds after Marcus. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then Donnie and then John, um, both got up fairly, fairly quickly after that too. Yeah. Um, so conditions were like, conditions were reasonable, like not, um, yeah, like you didn't have to, you know, if you had been doing a normal run and not a race, it would have been pretty fun. Um, yeah, but it was, I could see Marcus in the distance and I don't reckon I was catching him at any point. He just always looked like he was sort of pulling away. Yeah. Um, but we're all sort of, you could tell everyone was working pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so we'd gone pretty wide outside to try and get a bit more of that, um, like a few more bumps off from that cross offshore wind. Yeah. Um, so we'd gone pretty wide. Uh, unfortunately, I fell turning around looking to see how far a mate was behind me. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, which was an absolute rookie error. Just yeah. something that you never do. Um, and then, uh, like, I managed to get up again, maybe within, you know, like 30 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then we were, he was probably 300 meters wide of me and um, we, we were basically side by side for the next, you know, 15 Ks or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marcus, Marcus, he didn't crash, but he came off foil. Like, uh, I love the fact that we're forcing him into some mistakes. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're putting the joy. old boy under pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was, he was ripping. He was so fast. Yeah. Um, he's got then, a new tail that he's loving. He does. Yeah. 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 It looks good. I haven't had a go yet. I don't think no. he's ready to let me have a go. No, nah, <laughs> you're, too, you're too close, mate. Too close. Yeah. To well, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Anyway, all came kind of pretty good at the finish. So Marcus, um, Marcus won, took line honours, um, did really well. Uh, Donnie and I actually ended up having like a full photo finish. So literally couldn't work out who was in front. Yeah. Um, but he was he was closer to the boy. So so he takes second place. Oh, but, controversial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's amazing. It's, it's like a 20K race and, you know, that like there wasn't a board length in it. Wow. Yeah, how was that? Um, so we came in probably somewhere between a minute or two minutes behind Marcus. Yeah. And then Dan came in shortly after that and, and John shortly after that as well. So everyone did amazing. It was, yeah. it's yeah. so cool. But yeah, this is the second race now. And literally, I think the second time that they've had to use that rule where, you know, um, closest to the boy gets the, gets the position. So yeah, I think that's spot on. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. that's cool but yeah awesome experience and yeah what i'm a, looking forward to having you guys come over and do the next ones yeah i can't wait well, what i love about that is that it wasn't all wasn't perfect conditions i've done a few races here in sydney and the, there was one day in particular there was a bunch of foilers sort of ready to go mainly wingers but there were two or three guys who were going to down with everything and the wind was the wind didn't turn up but the swell was there and i just i sort of caught a wave and then just downwinded you know using the swell um yeah like you guys are doing base because the wind wasn't helping. Um, and I think in the future, there's going to be, um, you don't need less importance for good conditions to, to race. Like yeah. I'm not going to say flat water because I don't think that would be much fun. And there probably will be yeah. flat water races in sure. the future, but I think. Good for, luck to them. <laughs> yeah. They can have it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for downwind, like ocean racing, I think you can do. It, you should be able to do it with um, 
all skis and sups and outrigger canoes. Like as long as there's energy in the ocean, yeah. you can do it. And foil choice is going to be super important, I think, because while a faster foil is faster if you're up, if you're not up, you're much slower. So yeah. it's got, I think, um, I guess not downwind per se, but point A to point B, ocean racing will be interesting in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to coming over to WA. Um, oh, we're looking forward to having you. Good solid racing. Um, be good to test some equipment and see where everything's at. And especially, I'm a bit nervous because like home ground advantage, you know, <laughs> I think... Um, no, I think you'll be fine, mate. <laughs> I, 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 I know that, no, but like I've said this to I was saying this to Zane the other day or Josh Koo that um once you get to a certain level downwinding, it kind of comes down to I guess no mistakes, obviously, but then foil choice and how you know how you read the conditions, I guess. So um yeah. I've come over a couple of days, I'm gonna come over a couple of days early before the race and I'm just gonna fly in and do the race. But I think um it's good that we're starting in Mandra, I think, for the duel because <laughs> less home ground advantage. Yeah. Um, well, I've only ever done that run once, so it's going to be interesting. And when yeah, I did so- it, it was, oh, it was not like I'd ever expected. It was much slower. And the, the bumps were so – the bumps were big and it was hard. I was on the 120 as well, and the, the bumps were kind of like super organized. It was actually really hard to – The first yeah, half? Yeah, but, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first half is um, it's almost too clean, too too perfect. Yeah, it's it's almost bay run esque, but ocean. Um, yeah, like you actually go. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but you go faster <laughs> when there's no bumps. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> when when there's a set, you're actually going yeah. slower because you're stuck between the bumps. Whereas if it's a lull, yeah, you can actually you go quicker. Yeah. yeah, you get you get the gaps exactly. Um. But yeah. yeah, the second half of the run is, I think we should just agree that we're doing the full run. And the second half, I think is interesting. Oh, you mean like all the way to Secret Harbor? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, that's heaps of fun. That's where yeah. the fun starts on the foil. Yeah. Agree. And, and on the sup, like it's, it's a, the yeah. first half is great. It's nice, easy, clean, but you may as well be in a bay, you know, um, the second half is bombing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we get good conditions for the West Coast downwinder as well. And that that's a fun run. That's going to be fun. That's home ground advantage. That's, um, <laughs> you know, you probably have to carry some weed in my pocket and throw it behind me or oh, something. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> throw the banana peels out. Marcus's foil. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, I actually want to ask you about most unique downwind run. I think you've got a good story here. Oh, uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, this was sort of bred out of um, not I, – I had to work this day. So we had a – this was maybe a couple of months ago and we had um, we like we had some epic kind of cold fronts sort of come through and like some really strong westerly winds, um, you know, during the day kind of up over 35, you know, 40-plus knots, you know, Hello. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I was – but unfortunately, I was stuck at work. So – um, so I couldn't really get out and I'd had this idea for a while, but never really the opportunity to try it, but I was really keen to see whether or not a night run was possible. Yeah. Um, so I w- went yeah, anyway, so finished work and, um, went out to the river and I had, I had just about every light imaginable attached to me and my board. Um, 
to try and do a, a run in the Swan River. Um, so I want to like, like I'm not going to do it in the ocean. I, I think it's just crazy. And even river is, is probably borderline a bit silly, but anyway, I did it. Um, but yeah, so I had head torches. I had lights on my paddle. I had, um, you know, silent sticks all over my board. Like I, 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 I thought I was just going to light everything up. Yeah. Got out there. The conditions were amazing. Like I could tell the conditions were good. It was so windy. Mm. Um, and I had about a, I think it's about five or six K run essentially from Point Walter to uh, some restaurant over the South Perth sort of side. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice, clean, easy sort of run. Bumps are pretty well good straight away. I knew it was going to be windy enough to be decent. Yeah. So um, anyway, got out there, questioned myself whether or not I should be out there quite a few times. I knew there wasn't going to be any boat traffic or anything like that out there at this time. Um, and then so paddled out into sort of the middle of the river and what I found was the lights were, the lights weren't too bad for like getting going. And like I had like some really expensive like mountain bike lights and like I had a lot of lighting, but um, it wasn't too bad for getting going. But what it did was sort of wash out all my kind of like peripheral vision and um, like, and, and just the blackness of the water just sort of soaked all the lights up as well. So I ended up, I thought, well, I'll try just turning it all off and just see what happens there. And I think it was like a really low cloud that night um, and quite a full moon. And I just found that there was enough, plus with, you know, lights along the foreshore, there was just enough to see some definition in the water. And I thought, I'll give it a go and, and paddled up. And it was amazing. It was like one of the funnest runs I've ever done. I actually ended up filming the whole thing, but it's hilarious because it's just, it's like, you know, 30 minutes of me screaming in just blackness. <laughs> um, and I think I made a couple of, I called Dan and Marcus, I think during the run as well. It's uh, yeah. And it was, yeah, it's pretty hilarious, but so it was, yeah. It was, it so incredible. you went, let's be clear, you went no lights in the end. The, the no lights. lights. Yeah. So once I turned everything off and just sort of sat there for a bit, yeah. um, like I could start to make out a bit more sort of definition. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was enough to, I definitely wasn't riding efficiently. Like I could tell I was riding pretty safe, much lower on the mast than normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was more than enough energy to kind of keep me going and it was easy enough to feel and read. And, yeah. um, the only sketchy thing was that there, like, I found that there was a couple of unlit markers in the river. Oh, <laughs> um, and, and I got far too close to them before I realized that they were there. So yeah. there was a couple of sketchy moments, but. So it's not something I'd recommend, but like it was, it was a cool, unique experience. And then luckily I had a very um, understanding wife come pick me up at the end. So yeah, that's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So have you done another one since, or that was a one time no, thing? I think it was, it was pretty unique conditions. I, I no, I'd be open to it though. If anyway, I maybe do it with someone else. I, I think like, yeah. Yeah. But um so yeah so no lights is the go but lights is an option i guess if you're gonna if a boat's gonna come flick them on yeah actually there's probably like you know maybe some sort of flashing light or something like that it's not a bad option maybe to have behind you or in front of you or something but, yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it, yeah <laughs> yeah I, i've done a long flat water paddle at night but i've no oh, actually i came in last night in the dark because i took an extra five ten minutes to get going but um yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, it's something about that sort of low light downwind foiling. It is fun. Yeah, it's, it's definitely good. challenging though. It's like you lose a lot of efficiency, I reckon. Like, oh, for sure. It, it's yeah. just 
forget that. It's just a different experience. Like it's not fully lit. It's yeah. It's a bit more feeling out, I guess. Yeah, totally. Guessing yeah. what's what's there, I guess, in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, I think well, I, you mentioned me. You said you want to ask me some questions on here too. So I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Um, so this might this you you're captive at the moment, so this is my opportunity. Um, yeah. so I can always yeah. say no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so two things. Like, I'd be really keen to know, specifically for downwind, I suppose. Like, unless you want to answer it for something else, but really, um, like something that you've learned like lately. Um, and also something that you're currently working on mm-hmm. for downwind. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, is it, is it the most obvious one. It... Yeah, techniques. Are good. Actually, I was doing. I'll start with equipment, and I definitely. I was using an 82 centimeter mast for a long time downwind, and I think it's definitely better for turning. Same as I think it is for for surfing. Like for, for surfing, it's like you're like leaning over harder. It's yeah. super fun. Um, but I've gone to the 75 and there's definitely some, you, you, you're more efficient. You, you just have less mast in the water. Yeah. Um, less weight. There's therefore less drag. And um, as long as you don't come off because you breach, it's faster. Um, yeah. That's yeah. I think sort of obvious. Um, people have been talking about like a, like a gravity, like, cause you, if you get right at the top of an 82 centimeter mast and you can glide longer because you have, um, you can basically go longer without pumping. Sure. I think there's something in that, but for me, for seems fairly condition specific. It's got to be good bumps, I, yeah. I think. And, and on top of that, um, if for the short mast, um, I think it's great, especially if you're a little bit underfoiled, you know, so you can go faster with a shorter mast. But if I'm maxed yeah. out, overfold, massive conditions, backwash, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, 82 centimeters is really nice because being overfall, too much power, too much like too much lift, too much everything. You're, yeah. you're going to be naturally riding higher anyway, and also with all the messier with all, with the messier conditions, you're less likely to come off um, sure. with, with the longer mast or, or the board touchdown, which I think yeah. is also going to slow you down. If your board's totally. in the water, yeah. even if it's only for a second or two, you lose a lot of speed. No matter yeah. the design, uh, yeah. even the tail, like you know, Kalama Barracuda pintails. If that's dragging in the water for two seconds, that's a massive loss of speed. Yeah. Um, versus so a longer mast, less touchdown. Touchdown is going to be quicker. But yeah, unless I'm hugely overfoiled, or I'm going for like calves and turns, the seventy-five is what I like. And I know people going even shorter. For me, the span of a foil is really important too. If I'm on say the 1099 on the 75, I kind of can't turn at all. <laughs> I yeah, kind of, it's yeah. like, I'm like turning like this. I'm not banking. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one, but yeah, I'm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I've been playing around with a bit. And because Sydney's quite, you know, like I said before, we've got, it's pretty rare that you only have wind swell on a downwind run. It's normally, wind swell plus ocean swell plus like a mid-period swell plus a ground swell plus a rebound plus refraction of every headland that you pass yeah so it's it's certainly not ideal place to be using a shorter mast but yeah um yeah so so that is what i've been working on a fair bit um and then the other thing i just was working on last night is i was seeing how close i could get my feet together like 
Ah. And my theory being the wider apart my feet are, the more up and down my board goes, the closer my feet are together. If I'm high, if I'm already high in the mask, my feet are super close together, then I will therefore be able to stay higher on the mask for longer. Yeah. So, and I got to a point where my feet were like not quite <laughs> heels together, but I was like, I was less than like five centimeters apart in feet. Um, and it felt really nice. Um, yeah. Okay. Felt really nice. I couldn't do it all the time. I was a lot of shifting going on, like get a good bump, feet close together. How long did I glide for? <clears throat> yeah. You felt like you had the control that you needed? Yeah. Plenty, plenty, um, plenty of control. Couldn't like, um, as long as the bump was good. Like yeah. it actually made it um, coming from, I guess, foiling since 2018 or whatever it was, 2017, using more of a front footed foil that the pump, I would quite often pump, especially with the newer foils, I pump too deep. Whereas right. with these new foils, you kind of more of a neutral feel. You, you don't have to. And it's because I'm, I'm just, I'm downwind by myself mainly, sometimes with Zane. And so it's speed, it, it's not, it's not often a race. It's normally just surfing and carving. And um, yeah. so it's kind of like, well, I'd prefer to just not come off and just enjoy myself than sure. see how fast I can go. And even when I'm going as fast as I can, I'm looking at my watch, but it's more like a good bump comes fast. Maybe if I can hang on that for longer, I go quicker. And if no bump comes, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going quicker. Um, Cause I'm not comparing myself to anyone. Sure. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm solo a lot of the time. Um, so trying to dial that in heading over to WA um, see how if I can get some more efficiency out of, out of my foiling um, and yeah, the close feet together was something also been working on um, Kane's, what's he called? A pump squat. Like, sort oh, of, right. Yeah. There's something yeah, in it. There's something yeah, in okay. it. Yeah. Um, and then also I've just been sort of while I'm out there, I'm trying to really find good ways to explain what I'm doing because um, when I'm coaching people, a lot of the stuff I do is like intuitive. Like I've I've grown up doing it. I've I've downwinded cool. for probably now uh, almost ten years. Like downwinding on some sort of craft. Yeah. Um, so starting on stand up, progressing to foiling, and I'm a little bit on a, like a spec ski when I was. But that's sort of irrelevant, I think, because it was literally two weeks. Um, <laughs> Um, what I learned over that time and, and how I read stuff, I haven't always verbalized and coaching is really good because I understand I, I have to come up with theories of how things are. And, and one of the things I've talked about, like the, the lines to take, and I think the obvious one is sort of get on a bump, peel off and, and re relink. That's mm-hmm. a really obvious one. But the other ones, um, how to, I guess, attack a bump and, I've spoken I've, I've in my online course, I talk about it as like mushrooms. So like um, when you're surfing, when you're surfing a beach break, you'll have a peak. And then on either side of that peak is like a softer edge. And it's like an opposite mushroom. It's bending um, away from the beach, you know, downwind, you have the same thing, but it can kind of bend towards like, I don't know if it, it, they sort of bend forward or back, but the, mm. the, the, the mushroom effect, there, there's more, um there's we don't have just like straight line tram tracks out to sea totally actually have all these sort of interconnecting bumps and like um sort of like semi i call them mushrooms but like sort of semicircles interconnecting and and those semicircles 
depending on where you are on them, can create more or less energy depending on what you want because you don't always want to be going faster when we're downwind. Sure. By being patient, like holding off the accelerator for like half a second and going half a second later at a slightly different angle will actually increase your speed. So those little, you know, sort of little, little, they're little bits and pieces I've been thinking about. Yeah. And um, oh, it's, it's, some, um, it's some tricky stuff to articulate, especially when, you know, often, often some of these best bumps are ones that you can't even see. So I, I you know, I give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, know, like, also like where you are positioned on a bump. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. you like, and obviously the obvious answer is be up high on the bump. But, um, one of the things I learned when I was stand up paddling is actually if you can be uh, further behind the bump than you think you need to be, mm. you'll actually be faster as long as you don't fall off the back of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing I've been working on and, and like also like trying to help people with and I don't give away all the secrets, but that's stuff sure. that yeah, yeah. I'm working on for my own life. Like I'm, I'm up to, I always update the, 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 the courses as I go and when I come up with an idea, like, I got to put that in. Um, so little bits and pieces like that, like the mushrooms and where to sit in the bump, the lines to take, all that stuff I think about when I'm out there. And I even like, I just grab my phone. It's normally in a waterproof case and I film and I'll like point in front of me. Yeah, and I say okay. like, you know, leave that thing there and turn this way. And one I did the other day for the group was I called it recycling the bump. And it's, it's just a different take on peel off and relink, but it's, it was a good one um, to sort of show crew what we're doing when we're downwind. The main thing is like, it's, it's just trying to educate people because out to sea downwinding is um, very different to surfing on, you know, on the shore, totally. the way yeah. the waves break and interact and mm. people like when I first got into downwind on my stand up, I thought I was catching one wave and riding that wave from, you know, one beach to another. Yeah. It's so not that, especially nah, on a stand up, nah. especially on a stand up. Um, it's it's linking multiple bumps and actually um, on that I, I did the recently did the Aussie titles down in Phillip Island for, for stand up and we had epic conditions um, yeah. at Phillip Island really windy super windy like I would have loved to foil it but it was good to be on a sup and race some of the top guys um, Ty and Kalen and Johnny Hagen yeah I saw some clips and um, yeah it was bumpy it was super bumpy we're doing like on a sup I did a 325 kilometer like that's oh wow that's a slow foil time like it's a slow foil yeah 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 um what i found was and i'd never really realized this i haven't paddled my 14 footer downwind for a while but um when i was paddling downwind on my stand up you've got to paddle hard to get the board up to plane and then you're pretty much riding a bump just like we would on a foil and you're trying to ride it for as long as you can and obviously you get to a dead end and you got come off plane you then got to go again it's actually really similar to what we do on the foil, except there's less less extreme. On a foil, we're up and we're going. And when we're going, it's all really good. Like it's you have heaps of glide. But when you get to that dead spot and you come off foil, that's really bad, obviously. You know, you, you got to get back up onto the foil. For, for the 14 foot stand up, it's, you, you, it's not as much effort to get up and going. And then when you're riding the bump, planing, it's just like, foiling it's like any craft you know when you're, you're you're on the bump and you're surfing the bump and then eventually you come off the plane because you the bump disappears or you make a bad decision um and when you're off the bump you then gotta paddle up again and 
the speed differential is obviously a lot less than foiling, but paddling up onto plane for a, on a stand-up is actually very similar to paddling up onto foil on a sup foil downwinding, which I'd yeah. never drawn that um, yeah, okay. parallel. And a lot of people who downwind on a sup actually would probably never have even got to that point where they're planing for a long time on a board. But it's hard. It's, you know, they're yeah. 14 foot and they're heavy and got to position them in certain spots. But for, I guess, the the, the guys that are going quicker downwind on stand-ups, so they're, they're planing and they're surfing and they're on the bunk for a long time. And yeah, it was, I, I was... Um, it was cool that I haven't paddled. I hadn't paddled a stand up for a long time, and the 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 similarities were crazy actually. Because like on a, the bump, you know, obviously conditions were really good, so I was surfing more than I was paddling. But um, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably that's why I got that's why I got second, not fourth. Um, Johnny and Kalen are much faster paddlers than me. Ty as well, who won. Um, because I haven't been paddling much, but um, because I could tap into my downward knowledge, I'm like, oh, I'd had to do this, yeah. and I was up planning. Plan- I was yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm foiling more or less, just really slowly. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was cool. So that, awesome. that's there, 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 that's that's what I've been sort of working on and trying to improve upon, and just drawing correlations between my experiences and trying to explain them to my, I guess, the crew I'm coaching, and then um, those few little tips downwind, I guess, and trying to articulate. Like the better you can understand the conditions, the better you can then read them and make the most of them, I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm Awesome, man. At. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, no worries. Um, I don't want to hold you up any longer because I know you're, I can yeah. the, the, your, your, your car's ready for a downwinder. So, um, yeah, I should be getting picked up any minute. So yeah, I'll, um, I won't keep them waiting, but yeah. yeah. And, and wanted to say thank you as well for, you know, everything you've done for the, for the sport, for my own um, benefit. Like, man, pleasure, early mate. days, like I, I spent so much time scouring YouTube and like so hungry for content. And when this podcast came out, man, like I've watched everyone multiple times and <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just super grateful for everything that you've done for the, for the sport. Um, oh, I'm, so stoked. I'm stoked yeah. that we can call it a sport. Honestly, like it's becoming, it's, I, I really think we're probably, you know, six to 12 months away from it being like a, look, WA is going to be fun because you know, got, 10 to 20 guys at the moment here in Sydney, there's only really yeah. sort of two or three guys that I'd go with downwind and sort of will on the same sort of level playing field. You know, we're all up and going from the start and don't come down, but um, it's growing. It's growing. And I really think it's about six to 12 months away and there'll be, you know, more yeah. like 10 to 20, like over in WA. But um, Yeah, man. It's sick. Oh, that's um, exciting times for sure. Yeah. Everyone get out there and give it a crack because, Absolutely. Yeah, the racing's coming, and I, look, I, I hope. Um, I, I do think the racing thing becomes a part of the sport, but I really think what we what we're doing now, most of us now, just the the runs together and surfing between that's that's the core of the sport. That's where I yeah. think the the beauty. I couldn't of agree more. Yeah, yeah. and the downwind, like going fast, is fun, but if it's going like I think personally, I, I like going fast when the conditions are big because yeah. you have to work, and it's like yeah. lots of opportunities. It's more like how how long can you hold on to yeah. one bump versus. Yeah you know, having to pump up and over stuff. And you, like, I, I rarely use my paddle when I'm up on foil because it's, you know, I'm surfing more than I'm. Paddling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, but yeah, thanks heaps for coming on Reedy and um, go enjoy your run. Think about those Pleasure, mushrooms man. and sitting on the yeah, bump yeah. And... No, we'll do. Yeah. And no, I'm looking forward to seeing you and Zane coming yeah. over in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. What, what, what equipment are you using the Savo? 
Um, today, oh, I've got the small board out again. So yeah. conditions, uh, I think will be between about 15 and 20 knots. So it's good. Decent, um, yeah. And it's like, it'll be south, southwest. So nice direction. Yeah. So I'll be under a couple of meters. So like not too much influence there. The weed's yeah. not too bad at the moment as well, oh, which good. is awesome. That's good news. Yeah. And I'll use, I think I've got the 120 there. I don't, I'm a bit worried about taking the 90 on the new board. It's, I really need the stability for the get up and sizing down that small is really, it plays a big impact on stability for paddling up. So, and that's what I'm struggling with at the moment on that smaller board. Do you think you'd get up sooner on your 511 with the 90? Then the 54 with the 120? No, no, same. So 90 and 90, just the board difference. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the difference might, yeah, yeah. The difference would be considerable. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I haven't spoke to Zane. hasn't used Zane uses the one seventy most, one twenty sometimes. I'm on his new board more. Um, but how are you finding the ninety? Because I I'm keen to try downwind that thing. It looks um, man, it's honestly it's um it's unbelievable in the right conditions. Yeah. Um. So it does. You do want a windy day. Like you can like I've downwinded it in you know, 12 knots with Julian, but it's like, it's yeah. not fun. Like it sucks. Yeah. Um, but it, once here, like I can only really speak to our conditions. Once it goes over about 20 knots and if it's been blowing 20 knots for oh, like a few hours, yeah. you know, and you've got head high bumps, it's absolutely what you want to be on. Yeah. Not, not so much for speed. It is fast, but it's, it's the control in the turning. Yeah. Like it's, you can rip the hardest turns and it just, it loves it. Like there's, there's so much control there. Whereas say on the 120, if it's, if it's really big, like, Oh, you know, I might have to safety surf some bumps. Like, and yeah. I can't, you know, it's a, it's, it, when it's big, it's a, it's a big foil. Yeah. The 120 is a big foil in a small foil's body. Yeah, it can yeah. be. Yeah. So the actual, what I get from the 90 is not, it can be a bit harder to work, especially if you put it in a, in a bad spot, but mm it's um it's not that much harder to paddle up in all honesty and mm. it like the control that you get in turning is like it feels like a sports car it feels rad yeah <laughs> cool yeah. we'll have to um trade out oh, there man. when the just runs together and do some trades Be fun right, one of the one of the best things i would say is like the more gear boards foils everything that you can try like man it makes you such a better foiler and it's it's Oh, it's the best. Like trying new gear yeah, and trying yeah. everyone's gear is just the best. It's yeah. so good. Totally agree. I um there is so much good gear out there now. There and is it's get, and it's getting even better. Like yeah. We're, yeah, that's it. Continually improving and yeah, definitely recommend trying everything out. And even the combinations within stuff, I got stuck in a bit of a just one tail, one front wing, and then you 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 kind of get not left behind, but you, you miss out on some aspects of the sport that um other people are feeling and yeah, yeah you just good don't know what you don't know like there's some good feels yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks Randy. We'll, Cheers, I'll, man. I'll any longer get out no, there absolute and, um, pleasure take care and we'll see you soon yeah see you soon thanks Catch mate you.